Podcast, the Joe Holker Show, presented by FanDuel. Two segments for you guys today. The first one, four trending wide receivers with Matt Harmon. Going to roll that right into our DFS stacks, plus best bets with Rich Rebar. Two awesome conversations again this week, and if you enjoy it, do me a huge favor. Take two seconds to leave me a rating interview over on Apple Podcasts, and consider following also on Spotify. Really trying to build up this audio feed this year, and of course, make sure you get into the Listener League before it fills. FanDuel.com slash Holka. It is the best contest on FanDuel and all of DFS. Going through that link not only gets you a deposit bonus, but it also supports the channel. Trending wide receivers. We have a lot to get to today. So let's start with uh, our first guy today. Uh, Chase Claypool, toe considered week to week at this point. So Deontay Johnson, he's 7,400 on FanDuel versus Detroit. What were your, I guess, initial thoughts when you saw that we were going to have a multi-week absence uh, with Chase Claypool? Gets more volume for your boy Deontay, or what are we thinking here? I mean, that's kind of been how it's gone since Juju left the lineup, right? Like, I was expecting, okay, Chase Claypool might, you know, just boost up here. And he has gotten the role boost. Uh, You know, he's been playing more in 12 personnel. He's been playing in those two wide receiver sets, which was pretty crucial in terms of him accessing his upside. But, you know, this is a separate piece of analysis. I just don't think Claypool has necessarily taken a step in his development this year I think especially at the contested catch point which by the way you know in his in his RP profile over the summer I was like this guy's actually getting open pretty well for a player his size like similar success rates to DK Metcalf but in terms of the contested catch area which is ironic because he's a huge guy that was where he had not really shown much as a rookie I still think he's kind of struggling there this year and you know different quarterback it might work out better for Claypool but you know beyond that I just think this has been just more volume for Deontay. He has a 46% uh, share of the team's air yards since week six. It's also been more Pat Fryermuth as well. I think, I mean, that guy's really good. I think he's a legit talent as well. But you know me, man. I think Deontay Johnson is a true number one receiver that separates at all levels. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the top scoring receiver on the board this week just because he can funnel targets. Like, we know that's part of his range of outcomes. But I also think, like, we've shown... So much more big playability with Deontay this year, too. And I think he's legitimately like a good separator down the field. This could really be a smash spot for him against a really bad Detroit Lions defense. It's just more volume to Deontay, and I think he consistently earns that volume, too. Yeah, we've been talking about him a little bit this week just because, like, regardless, like, yes, the volume is there, but even, like, the type of targets that we wouldn't necessarily associate with Deontay Johnson, he's gotten a few more looks uh, further down the field than we normally see. And, and we know, like, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger in general, like, he can just, like, zone in to, like, one guy. And yeah. Deontay is usually that guy, especially since the drops haven't been as much of an issue this year. Uh, yeah, Fryermuth, I think, is going to draw a ton of attention in DFS. Also, sure. I think a ton of people are probably just going to go to Najee this week also. So I guess Deontay, maybe that forgotten man, people like maybe don't want to click him at that price. But man, if they're just looking at the volume, like he seems like a, just an absolute smash play, especially like you said, against Detroit. Play all the guys against Detroit except Ben, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Ben, though, it's like if we're into Fryermuth, if we're into Najee, you know, who's who gets a lot of work as a receiver down there in the red zone, if we're into Deontay Johnson, like we kind of have to be into Ben Roethlisberger, especially like I, I know he can, he's very cheap on a lot of sites too. So um, I, I don't know. I, I know Ben is just like the worst quarterback to watch right now. It's like anybody, if anybody puts any pressure on him and he does that pump, like it's a lock, he's going down. He is getting sacked. Like, and which is so sad. Cause like Ben Roethlisberger used to be the most like escapability quarterback in the entire NFL, but Hey, age comes for us all. Right, Joe. 
It does. It's probably coming from me quicker uh, than most days. Man, I'm hurting today. I don't know what I did yesterday, but I destroyed my back. So uh, let's keep moving here, Farman. Uh, Chargers yeah. wide receivers. Uh, interesting topic for sure to hit on. Uh, Keenan Allen, 7,200. Mike Williams, 6,900 on FanDuel against Minnesota. Mike Williams kind of going the other direction recently. I know he's like kind of that trendy buy low, but I mean, he's got to be, I mean, a little bit better than we've seen the last few weeks, right? What are your thoughts on these guys as a whole, I guess? I would think so, and I know we talked about Mike Williams last week, and it was like Keenan Allen was the clear play last week for sure because he just made so much sense in terms of getting those short area targets. Like we mentioned with the Philadelphia Eagles, they allow the lowest A dot in the league, the highest completion percentage. They are just totally content to let you dink and dunk down the field on them, and the Chargers have been very willing to do that. You know, Herbert hasn't even come close to scratching the top 15 in air yards per attempt this year, which is crazy considering, like, it's Justin Herbert, and we know he's got a whip. They They've been trying to get whether okay so I, and this is the thing with Mike Williams like we have to kind of ask ourselves have they changed his role because of his injury or have they changed his role because they they're trying to get him going downfield you know in the first uh, four weeks he had like a ten point two average depth of target you know a very solid full field role you know since week five he's bumped up to north of fourteen like back kind of towards that boomer bust Mike Williams role and again is that a factor of they're trying to get someone going down the field because they have to, you know, like they don't have any speed in this offense. Everything kind of operates in that small box. That could be good for Mike Williams' upside, but it will obviously, you know, change the way that we were deploying him in the first few weeks when it was just like a set it and forget it top 10 wide receiver. I don't think that is in Williams' range of outcomes as a player. Uh, I think he could still be like a top 15, top 20 receiver rest of season, no doubt. Uh, but I will want to chase those upside weeks. And Joe, I kind of think this is one of those weeks to chase that upside. That Viking secondary, I I'm sure you know, is just not good. Like they're dealing with injury. Yeah, you can confirm. They're dealing with injuries there. Uh, Patrick Peterson has been on IR. Daniil Hunter, we know he's down for the count, too. Um, and, like, some of these guys that they're rolling out there, like Cam, Dance Cam Danzler and the bros, like, it's just not a good scene back there. I think this is the type of defense where the Chargers might actually be able to attack in the vertical game. They really just didn't need to do it last week against the Eagles, especially with Darius Slay, who's still very good. Like, he can track these outside receivers around. There's nobody like that on the Vikings roster. I think that um, Williams has obviously disappointed people of late, uh, and maybe he's just straight up not healthy, but I am willing to take the risk this week and try to chance that upside. Yeah, uh, pace up scenario definitely in this game. It's kind of interesting because the Chargers play at a really fast pace, but on the other side, like their defense just gives up so much in the run game that you would think that Minnesota yeah. would lean into that a little bit more. But I'm with you on the Chargers side. I definitely want to go back to the well with these wide receivers. And I I'm always trying to find these guys like Mike Williams who like have that spike potential, but people are just like super down on for whatever reason. Yeah. So even if like the data is telling us that he's going the wrong direction, like it's a price at this point that makes a lot of sense. Like, like I guess it's only like what three or four weeks away or I guess before he was like priced around like all of the elite options now he's yeah. all the way down to 6900 mm -hmm. like they've aggressively gone back and forth on the price at least with Mike Williams so before we continue guys I want everyone to pause this video let me know in the comments your favorite wide receiver play under 6k on FanDuel going into week 10 all right so this next one he's a guy that we talk about a lot but for good reason but also this Washington football team is going to be getting some reinforcements back uh relatively soon we'll see Logan Thomas gearing up for a potential return Obviously, that hamstring injury that he's been on the IR for. Then Curtis Samuel, it looks like he, I mean, if he's not practicing soon, he's going to go back on the IR, right? So Terry McLaurin, yeah. 7,100 against Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Curtis Samuel thing is not looking good, though, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they ever, like, tried to 
like rushing back out there. It's in such a weird thing. They didn't just take care of the groin thing in the off season. I, I don't know, but it's a, it's a bummer because they clearly need somebody there to step up besides Terry McLaurin. But yeah, it's, it's not trending in the right direction for Curtis Samuel. That's for sure. It really hasn't been at any point this year. Yeah, it's true. Well, this, uh, this matchup against Tampa Bay, we know it's always going to skew a little bit more pass heavy, right? So are you on Terry at this mm-hmm. price point? It's like the easy bring back with Brady stacks. It's just really expensive, man. It is really expensive. I think you'll have to hunt for value elsewhere, but I, I do think, look, Terry McLaurin has been getting elite usage. He's just playing with Taylor Heineke. You know, he's like top five in weighted opportunity. He's getting those vertical targets. You're basically looking at Terry as more of, you know, not quite like the Mike Williams role of boomer bust or whatever, but I think in terms of your top 12 fantasy receivers on a weekly basis, he's going to be more volatile. Like those four catches for 40 yards or something, those are going to be in his range of outcomes because he's just getting so much work down the field. But the matchup is right. The game script is potentially right. Uh, I do think this is a week to go chase Terry McLaurin's upside. I mean, it's just a, it's a hard thing to play him every week because then you have to just imagine like, what if he had anybody else there at quarterback other than just Taylor Heineke? But it is what it is. I do think this is a good week to chase his upside yeah one of the things i really like about this if you just run the sims over at run the sims you can actually see which guys are popping in the optimal lineup most often and a lot of times we'll see some of these guys um, like at that price point you really have to have a high team total you have to be in like a high flying offense but terry mclaurin always is in like 10 percent or so of the optimal lineups mm-hmm. that's a really high number for a guy like this at this price point and uh, i think he's at least an interesting bring back if you can make it work and we're gonna have to figure out uh, a bunch of ways to i guess make some of these wide receivers work because there's some really good running back plays this yeah. week any final thoughts on some of these guys no yeah i agree i think you're gonna have to get creative uh Potentially at the tight end position, I think, is always a way to sort of hunt for that value. Um, and, you know, maybe you do end up uh, clicking on Ben Roethlisberger at some point uh, just to try to get some of these high price receivers in your lineup. Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day's about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com Holka. First, that link does support the channel. So thank you. And even if you are not a first time player, it would mean the world if you give FanDuel another go this week and start that process through my link that's fanduel.com slash holka to claim your bonus and start playing today it'll bring you right to our five dollar three entry max listener league contest that one i will be reviewing every week on stream quite honestly one of the best places you can put your money in all of dfs because it's completely rake free there's a whole lot of nfl action left this season so make sure you join our community over on fanduel pick a lineup stay under the salary cap and see where your team stacks up against the competition they've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single game contests you can even set up private contests with your friends to experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the five dollar listener league or making your first deposit through fanduel.com holka the official daily fantasy sports partner of the joe holka show age and local restrictions apply bonus is used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner pristine auction a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just one dollar there's thousands of auctions ending daily so some of the crazy deals that you'll see actually pretty common whether it's a daily auction a weekly auction doesn't matter the marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves 
Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLKA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings, but only if you're fully registered at Pristine Auction, so hopefully it's with code HOLKA because it supports the channel, so thank you, and let's get back to the show. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Week 10 games of the week, DFS stacks and best bets, going deep into some of the key situations that you have to get right this week in fantasy football, DFS, and betting. Of course, if you are a Tier 2 or Tier 3 member, you can watch all of these segments on demand after the live show is over. We're going to try this segment a little bit differently this week. Each game, we're actually going to build a lineup. And then at the end, Reeves is going to decide which one goes into the listener league. And I did bury the lead a little bit here, but uh, Rich Rebar back with us again. SharpFootballAnalysis.com, the worksheet on Twitter, at Lord Reeves. How are we doing, man? I am doing good because I'm ready just to wash away week nine and, you know, start all over in week 10. I mean, I couldn't think of a more brutal week i've ever had this last week i almost, uh, forgot one, about how bad it was man it's been a couple of days there's been I'm a sorry lot going too. on it's like it's thursday mm-hmm. it feels like a week and a half has gone by yeah it was terrible for me too man so i was right there with you dude it was brutal my uh my core quarterbacks last week were patrick mahomes josh allen and joe burrow uh so it didn't even matter i had uh you know i was over on tim patrick mm-hmm. like, you know and it didn't even matter it didn't not one dollar was brought back yeah, no, not I, even I, a single shekel. I was right there. I'm pretty sure I had I had a burrow, I had a Dak, and then I had a uh, oh Mahomes. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, yeah, not not a fun week for Joe. So let's. And honestly, uh, how did you feel going into four? I'm like, well, I got these Mahomes bullets still. I felt great. Go like, check my Twitter. I was like chirping everyone on Twitter. I was like, I was just throwing out all, all the memes. I was like, I'm about to win everything, and I got like Mahomes at five percent and did not win everything. the first drive. They go right down the field the first drive and score. You're like, all right. Here we go. This is going to make up for the first, you know, uh, four hours of the day. Yeah, not, for sure. not even close. Not even close. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's not let's not waste any more time here. Game number wall. one. We have Falcons at Cowboys. Of course, we're going to build a lineup around these ideas at the end. But Dallas is currently a nine and a half point home favorite per FanDuel Sportsbook. The Sharps appear to be laying a decent amount on the points, though. Reeb, 79% of the money, 54% of the betting tickets. Sharps are also all over the over in this one. So what are your thoughts on this overall? Yeah, I mean, this is the highest game total on the board. So it's going to be really popular to, to gravitate towards, even though we with what just happened to the Cowboys. I mean, it's not like the older days of DFS, right? Like people are on these spots still. Like a lot of people would say, you know what? The Cowboys are terrible. I'm going to be off them again. And and maybe they have a Chiefs, Chiefs-like run, but until like it starts to, to mount and be like a larger sample, this is an easy game to say a one-off. You had Dak coming back from injury. Uh, you know, you're facing a, a moderately good defense uh, in, in the Broncos. Uh, and Dak was just off the whole game so you just say all right it's a one-off we're gonna go back to the well they've got a 32 point team total they're facing an atlanta falcons defense that is completely horrible uh they can't really rush the passer with four like the broncos can i mean the broncos didn't blitz Dak prescott they blitzed him on just 14 percent of his dropbacks last week but they were able to get home with four the falcons can't do that i mean this is a team that has to blitz to generate pressure and they've actually stopped blitzing because dean pease has come out and said we're not getting home when I blitz. So like, I'm going to stop blitzing. He actually right. you know, had a quote that said like, you know, I'm going to stop blitzing. Cause it's like, it is DNA to want to blitz. Uh, so they're not going to be able to get him. They're last in the NFL in sacks with just 11. So we, we just need Dak the accuracy to come back him to feel comfortable him to get into a rhythm. Uh, like like Dak a lot against that, that Falcons defense. Uh, it's interesting because they get Michael Gow back this week, you know, for sure yep. this week, this time it's definitely happening. It's definitely and, happening. Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> His, the timing of Gallup's 
return paired with the injury of Blake Jarwin is actually uh, actually a good thing. The timing of it couldn't be better because up until last week, the Cowboys were running 12 personnel at the fifth highest rate in the NFL at 32% of the time. Uh, with Jarwin out the first game, Dalton Schultz became a full-time player, and they played 11 personnel, 82% of the snaps, a season high rate. So Gallup coming back with Jarwin exiting the lineup actually doesn't make us have to really kind of try to figure out what exactly is going to happen here. Now we'll have to wait till Jarwin comes back and figure out how the puzzle all fits together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a couple weeks of runway with that. And we've got Michael Gallup at a really cheap price if he's going to be on the field for 80% of the snaps and maybe 70 plus percent of the dropbacks against this Falcons defense. So he's pretty interesting, I think. Uh, definitely harder to diagnose uh, what we're going to get out of Amari Cooper, probably the most of all the guys, because He's been the most volatile of the wide receivers, even though there's been some volatility with CD Lamb as well. That's what but, I was going to ask you. Like, does Gallup affect Amari or CD more? You think on the outside? So in week one, the the end in his rookie year, it was CD Lamb, right? So in week one, CD Lamb was basically, uh, you know, a part time player in the sense of when they went two two wide receiver sets, Gallup was outside. And then Lamb was coming in when they went three wide receiver sets, even though he wasn't locked into that slot role. But then once Gallup exited, he basically has played every single dropback since. So it could be a situation where we see when they go two wide receivers, it is Gallup. But like I just said, they were in three wide receiver sets 82% of the time losing Jarwin, and they don't have Jarwin, and they don't really have a good backup tight end. So I would imagine the signal is they're going to be in a lot of 11 personnel. So the overall impact for this at least stretch while Jarwin is out is pretty minimal. Like these three guys are going to be on the field unless maybe they're up by a ton, right? And like they're going to just like grind out the grind out the clock and do things like that. But I think their base offensive uh, set is going to be in 11 personnel. Um, you know, you look at Cooper, he has had three or fewer catches now in five of his eight games. So, he's been the guy that's like because he's gotten there with touchdowns a couple times, but you know, the, the consistency of catches weren't even there when, when Gallup was out. So a lot of volatility, I think with Cooper, um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about AJ Terrell on the Falcon side and the year he's having, he doesn't move. He plays 85% of his snaps uh, at the left cornerback position. So he, we don't have to worry about him shadowing anybody or anything really worried about that. If you were just to look at the base rate of where these Cowboys wide receivers are lining up, it would favor lamb the most to be away from, but with Gallup coming back, I don't really think we can really stock any of the the alignment stuff that we've seen so far with the Cowboys wide receivers because we've seen while Lamb has been on the roster, they want to play Lamb in the slot a little bit more than the other guys. Uh, although Cooper would benefit the most from when you look at his career splits from playing in the slot, but that hasn't really happened yet. Uh, and then also, don't forget, Ezekiel Elliott still plays the Cowboys too. Uh, right. you know, he's, he's, he's been running a little bit cold. We talked about it last week. So if you look at the Cowboys, when they're in negative game script, we have a, a huge sample now. Not a huge sample, but a, a, a big signal of when the Cowboys are in negative game script, Tony Pollard does not play. Mm-hmm. If you look at Ezekiel Elliott's you know, share of backfield touches, in the three games that Dallas has trailed throughout, those are the three highest games uh, in Ezekiel Elliott's in terms of uh, share of backfield touches. So Tony Pollard's not really a problem unless they're able to stay ahead in neutral game script. And they're huge favorites, but we thought that last week too. And we, you know, it ended up happening again. Uh, so we get Zeke, you know, Atlanta's been pretty decent against running backs, 3.9 yards per carry to running backs. That's ninth in the NFL, but they're 21st in touchdowns allowed to the position. Um, they're also giving up a lot of receptions to the position, which Zeke has been more involved in two of the past three games, catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Um, so that's kind of the Cowboys side. Uh, you know, there it is right there. Uh, the Atlanta side, I think, is super easy because we have Matt Ryan and he's playing well. And, you know, there's no Lamar Jackson on the slate. We potentially might not have Kyler Murray on the slate. Patrick Mahomes is on Sunday night. 
so there is an inroad to not have uh, you know some of those alpha dual dual threat quarterbacks off the board to maybe play a pure pocket passer that's cheaper. Typically on FanDuel, we don't. Uh, for those reasons, because Matt Ryan's probably a guy that's not going to often get you 30. I think got mm-hmm. 30 last week. But, uh, you know, this defense that the Cowboys, we said, we've been talking about it all year. When they finally stopped getting turnovers, like, you're going to start to see points scored on them. And right. they had multiple turnovers at every game except for the past two. Uh, and you see, because they're giving up a ton of yards per play, and they were consistently throughout the course of the entire season. They're now 25th in yards allowed per pass attempt, 20th in touchdown rate to opposing quarterbacks. 20th and passing points allowed. Um, so Matt Ryan is on the board here. If you want to save, if you need to save that money, if you can't get to Dak Prescott and you know, the only two Falcons we care about playing on offense with him are Cordell Patterson, who not only has replaced Mike Davis, but has kind of replaced Calvin Ridley as well. As well. He's kind of doing everything. You know, yeah. we talked about him a couple weeks ago, playing all over the field. And then Kyle Pitts, who they're also playing all over the field. Um, we saw Kyle Pitts two weeks ago after the game talk about how he was defended by Stephon Gilmore and the Carolina Panthers and seeing more DB coverage. So what did Atlanta do last week? They came back and he only lined up outside wide for 10 snaps, his fewest, uh, in a game of the season. So like they are, they're like, they know that they need to move him around and do things. Uh, he did leave a huge play outside on the board last week. Uh, saw that. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he roasted Marshawn Lattimore, mm-hmm. uh, but he played 15 snaps in line last week, which is most since week three. So uh, they're, this is a coaching staff that is cognizant with two chess piece type players of not just using them one dimensionally. We've seen that with Coral Patterson and now Kyle Pitts. And it gives us some faith at least uh, in this coaching staff field to put them in advantageous positions. Yeah, what I was just looking at in the Sims, so runthesims.com slash Holka, you'll get access to all of this stuff. The two guys from this game that are actually standing out the most, uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, 10% of the optimal Mm -hmm. lineups, and then actually Zeke uh, at Mm -hmm. 13%. Uh, I don't see a ton of the passing game in this one, Reeves, and that makes me nervous because I want to go back to this well, like really bad. It it didn't work out last week, but the ownership was great across the board and even probably is going to be just as good this week. So uh, that's my biggest concern um but let's go ahead and uh, before we build a lineup around this game stack i want everyone to go out there pause this video and i want you guys to let me know in the comments how you would stack this atlanta and dallas game in dfs this week reeves we will be doing a lineup for each of these games and then I'm, you're going to get to choose which one goes into the listener league so if we were going to stack All up right, this like dallas this. and atlanta game how, how are we going to start this we, we go on dak side or we go on uh ryan side i mean i want to go dak side i'm it's on just, board yeah, I it's mean, it, I have no real problem with it because, I and mean, we will see if we have money enough. We need to go to the other side, but mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, obviously, Dak offers the the huge ceiling, right? And that's yeah, what my we want. my biggest question with Dak is, do we want to fade Zeke on this team then, just by default? Yeah, I think so. Okay, um, I think that's the play. I think that's the move. So we'll definitely go Prescott. Now, the question with always with Prescott is now, who are we going to pair him with? Right. Yeah. So like a guy we didn't even talk about yet who I really like is Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. So I don't know. I think if we I play always... Schultz, we can't we can't play Pitts. That's that's true. Yeah. So we probably have to bring Cordero back on the other side of that. So I think there's two decisions here. Who we want to bring it back with, number one. And I guess if we want to try and jam in the tight end just to kind of get rid of that in the stack, but I'll leave that up to you. I want to play Pitts. All right. So Pitts <laughs> is in there. So Dalton Schultz. I mean, that, and I don't really think like traditional like DVOA stuff like applies to Pitts because he does so many different things. But I mean, Dallas is dead last in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, It might not apply to him. But Pitts in tournaments, though, one, he's the highest priced tight end. So maybe people just skip him over for that. Mm -hmm. But also, he's got the highest A dot of any tight end in the league. So like we're talking if he's going to get there. And this dude only has one touchdown. Like 
he's got to get some. It's going to happen eventually for sure. All right. Uh, so after we kind of go through this part of it, I, I think we just kind of have to decide if we want to take a chance on Michael Gallup. That's going to make the rest of this lineup a lot easier. That's for sure. And then basically pick between who we want on Amari versus CD. I do. I think I want to roll the dice on Gallup. Okay. Because I feel like people aren't going to really want to play him because he's coming off injury. And that's a good reason. But this is a tournament team. And mm-hmm. he's five, five. And I, like I said, I believe they're going to be an 11 personnel as a base offense. Okay. So if he's going to be on the field for 80% of the snaps at five, five, and we already have Dak Prescott, that's probably our way to be kind of unique, right? Yeah. I think we have to double this one, though. So do you have an Amari versus CD take? I mean, I, like I said, I just think that there's been like, Cooper's shown to have the the way like lower catch floor. Agreed. So I mean, I would lean towards C D Lamb, even without a factoring in the alignment stuff, which like I said, I'm not really considering this week with them having Gallup coming back. All right. So the people are gonna want us to fill this thing out, Reeves. So to try and keep this the most tactical as possible, let's try and fly through how we would fill this out. We still have a good amount of salary. So this st- stack obviously having Michael Gallup in it really helps us out. A ton. So is there, I guess, do we want to go to some of these really cheap running backs? Um, obviously, there's a couple available that are going to be pretty chalky, but uh, I'll let I'll let you kind of help us along here as we go. Yeah, I mean, I was going to pick your brain on this particular slate because this is the first slate I think we've had through 10 weeks where we have like an abundance of, of like really cheap, chalky running backs. Yeah. And I, I was going to pick your brain on how we were going to approach that this week because well, I, I think- really haven't grasped it yet. Like I've been building lineups. And like how much James Conner are people going to have? How much to Ernest mm-hmm. Johnson? If Devin Singletary plays uh, without Zach Moss, how much do we see him uh, get rostered? Because the other thing is we have really good expensive running backs. True. Najee Harris is playing Detroit. Yeah. Dalvin Cook is playing the uh, the Chargers. JT. Uh, Zeke, jo- yeah, Jonathan Taylor is yeah. ninth. Like, so we have like a really weird mix where we haven't had this at their running back position to this point in the season, which has been refreshing because we've had flatter ownership and, and different ways to get there this year. But this slate, I mean, we've got decisions to make uh, at the running back position. I don't usually yeah. like to, to roster this many running backs as the True. better on the yeah. board. Well, I mean, we, we don't have to. I, I'll say this. I, I'm on the side of my first instincts are telling me that Singletary is a trap. Uh, I understand that he's going to project really well across the industry. I think Dearness Johnson is a way better play. So that's who I threw into this team. We can talk through this a little bit more in a couple of the other games also, Reeb. So is there a de facto cheaper defense that you like? Like all the way down here. Um, I think that Green Bay at 3,900 is interesting, but below that, um, maybe the Chargers against Minnesota. We just hope that there's more passing on the Minnesota side in that game. I, I don't love that, but I think that this team's still in pretty good shape salary-wise, so I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, I think like starting from mid-range down, I mean, I'd be looking at, you know, the Titans. Titans, yeah. Uh, you know, the Titans at 4,100, the Panthers at 3,600 because, you know, we still have Kyler and, and Hopkins still in limbo. It's Thursday mm-hmm. and they still haven't practiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Carolina, if you look at their game log on fan, like they get points. Like yep. So at 3,600, they're going to get some. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't mind that. I think they're probably as low as I would go on a defense. I don't okay. hate the Packers either because, you know, even when Russ was in, they were giving up lots of sacks. They were mm-hmm. taking lots of sacks but i mean green bay is coming in we're going to talk about the green bay game but yeah. green bay is entering this game with like no healthy cornerbacks yeah so yeah if anyone's, I think they're tough. if anyone's watching this video <laughs> later definitely check out the video uh that just went up also uh going through that packers and seahawks game in a little bit more depth here uh, so i'm going to go ahead and throw in Najee to this team and so as of right now, we got the Ernest Johnson, we got Najee Harris, we got our main stack, and we still have 6,400 the rest of the way for a wide receiver and a flex in this spot. Do you think we try and jam in one more running back um, and then see where we're at? 
um, we can probably still play one of these these higher price guys, maybe not quite all the way up to like JT, but we could probably add to the stack if we wanted to go Zeke. We could probably play James Conner at 7K. He's a lot more expensive on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. So I'll see what that leads us first. If we go James Conner, that leaves us with 5,900 at our last wide receiver slot. So definitely going down uh, significantly more. Kind of gets us to like that Elijah Moore tier. Uh, do you have any interest in Elijah Moore at 5,700 running it back with him? I do not. Uh, okay, who's and, your guy down here then? It's for a couple of reasons for, for Elijah Moore. It's one, you know, obviously Corey Davis is going to be back. Mm -hmm. Two, the, the game script in that game. Uh, and then the, he's still kind of playing out of position. So, like, I just don't know how static it's going to be, like, what he put up. I love the CX. I love Elijah Moore. Uh, in do that you want to move down up. to get, a, 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 like, I guess, up to a better wide receiver range? Because 5,900 isn't the best. What if we, instead of Najee, we go Dalvin Cook? What does that okay. give us? What can we do that? What can we do if we go that route? I mean, that gives us a lot more. You're right, man. That's a huge difference in salary with Cook and Najee this week. So that gets us to 6,800. So we're looking at DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith. Much, much better uh, range for sure. Yeah, I mean, we Judy Judy is is solid there uh, with a lot of salary. So I think if I was building this team, and I guess I technically am. Technically, uh, yeah. And, you know, I don't want to spoil uh, the next thing, but I think I would go down to either Panthers D here then and mm -hmm. go up to Big Mike Williams with Dalvin. Oh, baby. All right, let's do that. We're going to get Big Mike in here. Easy game, 400 left, so there's definitely some moving around we can do uh, with this team. Yeah, but you can go to Connor if you have to get, like, for a floor, like, later in the afternoon. Um and we've got, yeah, if, you're, if your Cowboys don't get there, you're dead anyways, but it's all right. <laughs> all right, Reeves, I'm going to make us move on to this next okay. one. So we, enough, got, we got Vikings at Chargers. Of course, we're going to build a lineup around these ideas at the end. But LA is currently three and a half point home favorites per FanDuel Sportsbook. And it's looking like a ton of people are hammering over in this one. Not a ton of sharp action on either side right now, but currently 91% of the money is on the over in this one, even though we're only looking at 45% of the betting tickets. So uh, yeah, any, any, I guess, initial thoughts on this one we, we talked a little bit about mike williams uh in the video with Harmon earlier this week but curious what you thought about think about him uh because i think he's going to be like a big topic this week yeah i mean i think i could see people coming in all four of minnesota's games on the road have gone bonkers they've all gone over the game total and all four of their games at home have gone under mm. uh kind of a weird wonky early season split i mean there's nothing to it it's just for fun you can bring that up to your you know your whoever you're watching the game on sunday and say that and you look cool uh <laughs> I, I actually like Big Mike because I've um, I'm of the opinion that I've been able to diagnose Big Mike so far this season, uh, his highs and lows the, in the worksheet. If you follow the worksheet, like yeah. you know, there there's been a big signal the past few weeks that those were not matchups for him to be good in, and he wasn't. So we kind I of could that, have expected some of this that's happening then. This is what I'm telling myself internally because I write these games up and these players up every week, and so far out of the four duds, Mike Williams is laid. Three of them I have been on as terrible matchups for him and more signal for Keenan Allen. The Shout Raiders, out to you. the Shout Raiders out to game. You, my man. Let's go. The Raiders game, the Patriots game, and this past game against the Eagles, I thought were all Keenan Allen games based on where where you know teams went. Some of the stuff we talked about, like on my podcast that I did with Mike Leone, right? Like did, did, what kind of defensive scheme are these teams running mm -hmm. and how does it impact what offenses might do to them? The only other the only other game he completely flopped that looked like a good signal was the Ravens game and he didn't practice and everyone died on the Chargers anyways no one did good so it didn't matter mm -hmm. uh, so I I mean it's halfway through the season he could just have been reverted to this volatile boomer bust type of guy 
But I still think that the Chargers have attacked defenses where they've been the most vulnerable because they have a progressive head coach. And Keenan Allen has had 32 and 35% team target shares the last two weeks because of that. He had the optimal matchup. This week, I believe Mike Williams has an optimal matchup. Not that it's a bad matchup for Keenan Allen in any sense because uh, the Vikings secondary is so, so kind of depleted. But look at what the Vikings and how they're defending perimeter receivers. Look at where all the big games have come from. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, 122 yards. Marquise Brown, 116 yards. D.K. Metcalf, 107 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, 101 yards and a touchdown. Like they, When they're giving up the bag, the Vikings, they're giving up huge plays, uh, and they're giving up to boundary wide receivers. And they now are, they're not going to have Harrison Smith for the, the second week in a row due to COVID. Well, literally one of the best like ball hawking safeties uh, in the NFL. So I do think that there is a, a signal here that it, it does open back up for Big Mike to have a more positive outlook in terms of where he tactically has an advantage versus the defense. Uh, and he still leads the NFL in end zone targets. He still even had one last week. I mean, if he catches the end zone target, he still has an okay game. But, you know, he ran into Slay, uh, the Slay maker last week, and mm-hmm. he was kind of nuked until Slay got hurt. And then by that point, and we talk about the Eagles. They don't give up huge plays. That's what they're predicated on. It's the whole yep. defense. Time. They get bled by tight ends, and they get bled by slot receivers and running backs. That's why Judy is in play this week. That's why he kind of hit it on him in the, the first video. Uh, so yeah, I am on big Mike this week. I know there are other players in this game, but there's my big Mike spiel. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to take full credit and I'm going to loop back here to this one. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll clip it. We'll, we'll give you full credit. I'm not scared to do that. And also, man, his price like that. It's almost better that he didn't score last week because we got this price now. Like they've aggressively been moving him back and forth. Now he's all the way down to 60. 60- 900 on FanDuel, man. Like that, that's like around guys like DJ Moore and Adam Thielen. There were times this year where he was priced around like AJ Brown and Stefan Diggs. It's just like, it's a lot different when you can kind of uh, take a shot on him down there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, and, and he's the easy mini, right? Like, even if you don't want to go full on slash game, he's the easy money with that, Dal- easy mini with Dalvin Cook, right? Mm-hmm. Like, easy. Like, you know, because you're, you're getting your, you have your 8,500 guy, then you have your mid price receiver. For sure. I'm with you. So any, anything yeah. else stand out? Uh, I guess we could, we can move on from the Chargers if you want, but is there anyone else that you really like besides Big Mike, or are we just locking that guy in? <laughs> yeah, I, I am probably going to go to the death on this one. I'm going to okay. test my own, uh, you know, my own foresight. I'm going to test that. I'm, I'm going to be happy on Big Mike this week. All right. So well, it looks, we'll it looks like Cook probably is playing, right? Obviously, all of those yeah. issues that are going on doesn't look like it's going to affect him at least this week. Uh, it was looking like, like we might get uh, some Alexander Madison at a really cheap point, uh, price point. But man, this Chargers team can be run on, right? So the Cook has to be like a really big part of your thought process this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously people will talk about like, the Chargers. I mean, we've talked about it a number of times in the show when they've come up about how they invite teams to run the football on them. You know, they're going to give you light boxes. And the thing I really was, I've been chasing with Cook for a little bit. I wasn't really into him last week because of the Ravens matchup. But so the Vikings right now have 19 offensive touchdowns and 16 of them are passing. It's the highest split in the NFL. 84% of offensive touchdowns are passing touchdowns. Uh, NFL base average is 62%. So the Vikings are flying way high. Uh, and I'm, I've been looking for that to regress, right? Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook has two touchdowns on the season. That's not going to um, continue. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a bummer that it lines up with he's got a great matchup and I'm still playing the regression game because more people are going to be on the matchup than the regret than looking at that. Yep. That, hey, the touchdown splits line up to where they should have more rushing touchdowns. People are going to um, back into the regression argument, even if they have no idea that that's part of it. Yeah, that's right. So, so I'm so I'm very sad that, that, mm-hmm. that this uh, that this has happened. Uh, yeah. He almost got there last week. First of all, he almost had like a 95 yard touchdown. Uh, where Justin Jefferson's running down what, a windmill on guys. Like, I, I saw the videos on Twitter. I, I mean, I, I still have no 
idea what he was doing. Is he just like having fun out there? Like just like free. I think he was just running. Like if you ever like, like tried to run as fast as you possibly can. In your body that can't just... be it. He had to have been like just trying to distract it. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. That can't be, that can't be how he runs. There's no way. No, I, well, I'm talking about like when you try to like run faster than your station and like your okay. body just can't be controlled. I j- made the joke that like he do he like for like a if you know you can't win a fight, you have to let the other person know you're crazy. Like if you like you can't fight me. Like he was like literally doing that. But uh, you know, and then Dalvin got stuck on the one yard line before Cousins snuck his in. So like you see how this is like just playing into these. They can't get these these passing or rushing touchdowns for him. But uh, it's a great week to chase him. Great matchup. Love that. Uh, the receivers are tough, but also have more of an opening up because of the injuries the Chargers have. So the Chargers are another one of these teams, right? They just play. They sit back. They want to play shell coverage. Uh, they don't want to give up big plays. They're actually one of the best teams in the NFL in terms of not giving up big plays. What we saw last week, the back end was was banged up, and Jalen Hurts actually had some success. Honestly, the Eagles probably could have thrown a little more in that game because uh, Asante Samuel is out with a concussion. Michael Davis did not play in the game due to a groin injury. He's not going to play this week, it looks like, either. His backup, Ryan Smith, tore his ACL in the game uh, last week. So, like, they're they're down three cornerbacks, like, immediately mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, and I haven't checked to see. Asante is still in concussion protocol early in the week. Obviously, uh, Michael Davis was trending towards doubtful. Ryan Smith is, is out. He tore his ACL. So, some of the splits that we've seen with the Chargers could be compromised moving forward just because they don't have, you know, a lot of cornerback depth. Um, and it might you start to see them give up some big plays for Justin Jefferson. Uh, he would be the guy I would kind of look towards because if you look at Thielen splits versus man versus zone, it, they're they're not very enticing to kind of go back to him. Uh, but we've seen Clint Kubiak come out because Justin Jefferson has nine targets the past two weeks, not mm-hmm. in a game, not like in both games combined. It's and not Clint, Kubi- Clint Kubiak was like, we're kind of questioned, like, that can't happen, right? Like, we can't do this. Like, we got to get him the football more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would be the guy I would kind of lean to if you're paying up on the Vikings side uh, on that angle. Yeah. I, and you can I, always I, play Eckler. There's the, the Vikings are also are another team that are terrible uh, against the run. These teams are 31st and 32nd EPA against the run. Wow. I didn't realize it was uh, that much on the Viking side too. That's super interesting. And obviously if we check out run the sim simulating this 10,000 times, this slate Dalvin cook in 17% of the optimals, only Jonathan Taylor and Dearness Johnson at a higher frequency as of now. So uh, they're totally on board with everything you're putting down here. Reeves, Uh, we are going to build a fan duel team, but before we do that, I want everyone to pause this video. Let me know in the comments how you would stack up the Minnesota and LA chargers game in DFS this week. Reeves, are we going Minnesota heavy here, or are we going uh, to the Chargers side? Uh, we're going to go Herbert, our boy Herbert. We didn't talk about Herbert, but mm-hmm. Herbert's turned into like the like the greatest GPP tournament player, right? Because like he has three games this year. He's been the first or second highest scoring quarterback, and then he's been the, he's had four weeks as the QB 18 or lower. So like you're getting all of it or nothing. That's nice. And and you're normally getting a, a significant discount on ownership, too. So, I mean, it's it's really hard to, I guess, plug holes in that. And he's a 4 p.m. guy. We, we love the 4 p.m. guys, Reeves. We, we, gotta, we can make we can make moves at that point after we get some more information. So uh, big Mike, I'm putting him in because I know that uh, he will be in your lineup. And then, are we well, and then, are we going Dalvin other side? Yeah, throw Dalvin in the flex uh, because he's mm-hmm. the four o'clock at 4 p.m. So we'll throw him it. in the flex. You got and, and honestly, if Keenan ends up getting in the box, we got we still have some attachment with Herbert. So that's true. Yeah. Do we we probably want to double him though? Do we want to add Eckler in or one of these? Uh, I guess thinner plays like one of the tight ends. I don't like know. A... I don't know if it we're if we do double him, right? If you were to double him, since this is a stacks video, Reeps, who would it be? <laughs> See, the problem is, is we're like if you look at Keenan and and, and Big Mike's game, like we're we have almost a locket Metcalf thing going. 
True. Right? So yeah, maybe maybe if like if there's the true ceiling game for Mike Williams, it really does uh, negatively affect some of these other guys, specifically Keenan. So I'm with you. So I mean, just by that, like, because you know, we always say we always like, well, we'll double stack Russ, right? The ball only goes to those two guys, but we've talked about it before. They don't hit together, True. and so far this season, Big Mike and Keenan have not gotten there together. So I'll let's leave this one solo. Let's okay. leave it with just the 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 two the stack and the run back. Okay, sounds good. Let's uh, since we have. I guess it's not a crazy amount of salary because we're throwing Dalvin in there. Is uh, do we want to just keep playing Dearness Johnson on every team? What if Chubb plays? That's going to be terrible. <laughs> we can't. I though. mean, we'll know if he's going to play by because because what we'll know. There's a certain time during this week where if Chubb hasn't passed at least one test, then true because he, he needs to pass two. Then he right? can't pass two. Yeah. Uh, so we'll at least know. So I mean, he's I mean, he's the guy I'm having the most trouble with because he feels like an archetype of a running back I would typically want to fade in tournaments. Mm-hmm. But he's sure. fifty four hundred. So I guess, do you disagree with me on the Singletary stuff then? Would you rather play Singletary at that price? Not really. He, yeah. He's also a guy that, <laughs> that I mean, it, it's just crazy because Dearness Johnson, the, like, he's so cheap. And he own, he opens so much up. Okay, so he's so, hard to get away from, but he's going to be so popular. True, true. But, but I mean, let's if, put if him in because we'll put him in because he's so, he's so damn cheap. He is, man. It's but, just I, I've been uh, trying to like be okay with some of these plays because on FanDuel specifically, he only needs he needs to get in the box once, and you're you're so far ahead of everything. And what's unfortunate in some of these really small field stuff, if he if he gets in the box twice, you're completely dead if you don't have him at that price. If you don't so, have him, yeah, yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if he gets in the box once, if you don't have him, it's going to be a problem at a True. salary because he's going to touch the ball. Assuming all three of these running backs are out. And they just, it's just him and Brian Hill. It's going to be like it was on that Thursday night game. He's going to have 20 to 25 touches. It's true. Uh, I mean, you just have to get in the end zone. You can be inefficient at 5,400 and still get yards <laughs> That's true. Uh, at that many touches. I mean, the Browns. But my problem is he's going to be so heavily owned. Um, so here we can do, here's where we can get our Zeke exposure, right? He fits in yep. here. We could. So we can I, do Zeke and Pitts on this team. I like that mini a lot. We're going to have and to then, find some cheaper guys, but I, I think we'll be able to do it. Um, I have one cheap guy that I want to see if you're into okay. or uh, throwing the, a dart here. He's G- going to definitely be sub five. Okay. Sub well, for, give, give me a defense here first so we can kind of at least piece our way through that. We played Tennessee on the last one. or did we? No, we moved away from Tennessee. So we could go Tennessee because they're uh, kind of mid-range, 4,100. We could go Green Bay. We talked about them as well. And let's throw in Tennessee for now because it's like mid-range. And then we got 6,100 per wide receiver slot left. So let's talk, about this, let's talk about this value guy you like then. Well, I, I think here, if we're got, because if we're pretty chalky and we think guys can get there as a one off, like sub 5% guy, what about James Washington? Oh, man. So I have James Washington has like a special place in my heart. One of the biggest hits I've ever had in DFS was on that showdown slate with Pittsburgh and Buffalo last year with uh, the Stefan Diggs explosion game, three touchdowns. But also, there was a point in this game where James Washington was the only one that scored for, uh, for the Steelers, the Steelers, so and he's like one percent, and this is the guy that my girlfriend picked. Like, oh yeah, he's cute. Throw him in there. I was like, all right, whatever. He's he was like five hundred. He was like the cheap one of the cheapest plays on the board, and then he scores in the first half, and we, we won literally all the money. So uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to talk me into that, man. I, I'm down, especially if obviously we know that Claypool is now going to be out for multiple weeks. We know that there's still no Juju. Like everyone is. I mean, you're leveraging as well. Just and all the Deontay people play, and people are going to play Fryer with a ton this week. There, so all the ownership is literally going to the other three weapons and not James Washington. So if he gets there even with a touchdown like it's basically leveraging you on the rest of those chalky pieces so i, I don't hate it man at all and that what leads is us 7100 so we can go terry so mclaurin lock it we can't we can't quite... get the mike evans though 
can't get to Evans, can't even add to our correlation with Keenan, even though we decided we don't want to do that. We could move down on okay. defense if we wanted to, um, but we're kind of in that, yeah, like that Terry McLaurin range. I would love to get to Mike Evans to have we we built this is this is because this we don't take Mike Evans this will be two rosters where we have no attachment to Tom Brady. yeah that that's really scary so let's let's put Evans in there and thirty eight hundred gives us either the Eagles at Denver gives us Carolina at Arizona Jacksonville at Indy uh, yeah I mean it, it's not great down here this week there's not like a, a really cheap defense that I like this week I'll say that yeah I would still say like Carolina is the best out of those. I mean, right. Carolina's still the best defense out of those guys, out of those. Carolina, Reeves, I'm going to keep this thing moving so that we can make sure gotcha. we get through these games. And uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job of it so far. But game number three, we have Seahawks at Packers. Of course, we're going to want to build a lineup around these ideas at the end. But Green Bay is currently three and a half point home favorites in this one. Not a ton of sharp action on either side, but we are seeing a large amount of bets coming in on the over, which is currently set at 49 per FanDuel Sportsbook. So, Reeves, what are your thoughts on the return of Aaron Rodgers and the return of Russell Wilson? This is an interesting game. Maybe a slower pace game on the surface, but I think oh, there's yeah. some at least some ideas here that we can build around in tournaments, right? Yeah, I mean, these are two teams that, well, the Packers play slow, but we also know that these in the apex of this game, which is what we care about, is you've got two hyper-efficient quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, part of, part of the reason the Packers are, like, slow is that they're also good. Uh, you know, that's always been Russell Wilson's volume thing, too, has also been, he's been part of the problem. Part of the reason Russell hasn't always fully cooked is that Russell Wilson is so good with the opportunities he does get, too. Right. Uh, you know, people forget that the, the relationship that efficiency has with volume. Right. Like you, sometimes that gets lost in the weeds. Now, the, the Seahawks should definitely still throw more. Don't get me wrong. But Russ has also been so good that it's also limited some of his volume uh, because he's so efficient with the opportunities he gets. And before Russell Wilson got hurt, he was leading the NFL in passing points per pass attempt for fantasy football. Uh, he had he was averaging nine and a half yards per pass attempt. He was just throwing the ball 27 times. Right. That was the bugaboo, uh, you know, which was, you know, his four full starts, you know, which basically is 33rd in the NFL. You know, if that was over the course of the whole season. Um, but he does get the return against a Green Bay defense that's in the back half of the league in blitz rate. Uh, their back half of the league in pressure rate. Uh, they are going to be out with Jay Alexander. Eric Stokes looks like he's got trending towards being doubtful. So they're already down two cornerbacks uh, against the team that is really built on throwing the ball to two wide receivers when they do throw that are pretty damn good uh, wide receivers. Uh, so you're going to have Kevin King as your top cornerback uh, against DK Metcalf and Tyler Thanks. Lockett. Not, not the greatest. The only other problem with this game, too, is that everyone's expensive. True. Uh, literally everyone, because we don't want to play any Seahawks running backs. And... Let's just, I mean, we, we can talk about right now. What the hell is going on with Aaron Jones? Like, what are we doing? I don't know, man. I, like, it's not great. I had a ton because... of Aaron Jones. We yeah. talked about it last week. So two weeks ago on Thursday night, it made sense that A.J. Dillon played a lot because mm -hmm. you're using Aaron Jones as a wide receiver, so you want to alleviate his work, uh, you know, as a, as a full, like, every, you get A.J. Dillon in, uh, and he, he is able to compliment Aaron Jones because you're forcing him to play basically wide receiver in that game. Next week, you have Jordan Love, who you would like to insulate. He, Aaron Jones has 11 touches, does, runs his fewest amount of routes per dropback since week one when they got boat raced by the Saints and pulled all the starters. Right. He hardly plays. So now we have two of the past three games that the Packers have played where Aaron Jones has 11 and 12 touches. He now has just three top 12 running back scoring weeks on the season through nine games. It's not great, what are Reeves. we doing? It's not great. It's, 
I mean, it is very frustrating. It's yeah. very frustrating to say the least. Well, uh, well I mean, obviously, Rogers has said a, a lot of things on Pat McAfee recently, a friend of FanDuel, Pat McAfee. But one of the things that I, I heard him mention was just how well A.J. Dillon's actually been mm-hmm. playing in the passing game, which isn't something we all kind of expected, right? So maybe it's just like um, they're more, com- they're more, I guess, comfortable having some sort of committee approach with this team. Like, obviously, it has very high aspirations, right? So that's the only thing mm-hmm. I can think of. Like, there's been moments, obviously, where we haven't gotten anywhere close to the volume that we want to see from someone like Aaron Jones. But this is, like, to this point, like, now he's gets, like, too expensive, right? Unless we start seeing this trend in the other direction. Yeah, I think, so that's the big problem as I have, is why is he 8,200 if yeah. we're looking at his full season production? He needs to be kind of like where DeAndre Swift is, right? right. Like he he should be priced around DeAndre Swift pricing based on how he's used in the offense and his his production. That's where he should be priced. But now he's uh, he's what a thousand dollars more than DeAndre Swift. Yep. So what? So I mean, I don't know what we do here. I mean, there's gonna be a week probably where he has three touchdowns, but like with AJ Dillon playing more and playing effectively, it's very hard to diagnose at this price. Like why we should just keep jamming him in this uh, week is really hard right because we have all these really like strong wider or running back plays we got Najee, we got we got jonathan taylor we got austin eckler dalvin cook we haven't even talked about christian mccaffrey yet like these guys are all very expensive so like playing mm-hmm. like the i guess the idea behind that is like you're not even gaining a ton of leverage with aaron jones because some of the ownership is going to be spread out among these guys anyway so like you want to play aaron jones when you think there's going to be like a really chalk option either around him at wide receiver or running back and to me it might be spread out a little bit among these guys so even if you get aaron jones at eight percent like you, what are you what are you gaining there especially if we have a lot of volume concerns right so i mean that's the biggest problem with this and you know so i i think he's gonna be tough to get to so that just leaves us kind of if we're not playing any seattle running backs that allows us to just kind of lean in and focus on all the pass catchers here and you know obviously we've talked about you know dk and Lockett a number of times and how they don't get there they've had one game where they've gone 100 yards together uh, since DK Metcalf has been there. I just drafted. Well, you see Gino in there, man. That's all we need for both those guys to get there, right? So we yeah. lost that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it makes no sense because when you look at the target distribution, they occupy such t- a high percentage of the team pie mm-hmm. that they, it, in your head internally, it's hard to wrap your head around why they can't get there together, right? It's it should, They should be able to. Yep. But they you. just don't. Uh, so it's tough. And then obviously Devontae Adams, um, you know, he no report with Jordan Love last week, but he still saw 14 targets. Like he still got he, he was trying. Jordan Love was trying his his little heart out to get the ball to, to, to Devontae Adams. But Adams yeah. is now is over 30% of the team targets in five of his past six games played. Uh, so he's definitely going to welcome Rodgers back uh, with open arms. Yeah, 16% uh, of the optimal lineups, according to Run the Sims, do have Devonta Adams, even at 8,700. Uh, interesting to see Aaron Jones actually uh, basically around that same amount. So maybe we do go to those doubles at, at lower ownership. That That's a tougher one for me, though. What was interesting about the Sims, though, Reeves, and I'll let you can c- continue, mm-hmm. is we don't really see any Seattle guys in here. Like the first guy that we see is DK Metcalf. He's all the way down at 10% of the optimal lineup. So um, I don't think you have to force in maybe a Seattle aspect to this, but I think you can. It's just like you said, like they're so expensive, right? So it's not surprising that the lineup construction as a whole isn't going to lead you to like an overstack in this game because you're giving up too much value, too many good plays at the top end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's where we are. And, and the other thing too is we don't have to, there's no tight ends in this game mm-hmm. that, that we care about. Uh, with with Robert Tunyon being hurt, they use Mercedes Lewis basically as a primary blocker. He actually was in pass protection more than he was in running a pass route. Mm-hmm. on his snaps uh, last week. Could change a little bit with Rodgers being back as opposed to Jordan Love, but they actually, they're another team. They played more 11 personnel last week because of the Tunyon injury. So that might give some 
you know, runway for Lazard and Marcus Valdez-Scantling kind of to coexist together as these ancillary guys. But, I mean, Adams just accrues so many targets. It's hard for those guys to really live on a weekly basis. It's more sporadic. Um, we could, you know, try to double it with if we're going to play Roger side with Avaldis Scantley, who gets high leverage targets. Like okay. he does get there, you know, he's going to catch probably a 40 yard touchdown uh, to, as part of the process of him getting there. Uh, so he's in play too. Um, but that's really kind of it for this game. It's the two quarterbacks, Adams, the two Seattle wide receivers. And then if you like a Green Bay guy as a run back, but it, that's kind of where we are on this. It's pretty easy to diagnose. Um, unless you're going to chase that ghost of Aaron Jones, man. <laughs> All right. So before we build a lineup around this game stack, when everyone to pause this video, let me know in the comments how you would stack Seattle and Green Bay. Reeves, are we starting with uh, a Rogers stack? Or are we starting with a Russell Wilson stack in this one? I think Rogers for the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keep no, in mind, too, that like, more, but... yes, this is the part of the stacks video, but you can always use this game for mini stacks as well. This is kind of like trying to figure out if you did want to build around this specific game, how would you do that? So to me, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's Rogers. The finger injury, man. Rogers... The finger injury scares me with, with Russ. Yeah, the finger injury. And also, like, I mean, this is completely narrative, but like, you know, Rogers wants to play well after everything that happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you, you definitely know. And he's that like, kind of guy, would... right? Like that that this is gonna this this statement is gonna actually really matter to him, I think. So he's the not taking he's not taking the his foot LAX, He wants to go on McAfee next week and say, see, listen, guys, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> do we wanna go MVS? We do we wanna double this one, you think? Sure, let's go wild. Let's okay. do this one different than the other team. Let's not do Dearness and not do okay. uh Dalvin, so, even though so do we wanna go anything on the Seattle side or are we just fading the Seattle side? Um it's tough. Let's just well, let's do because if we fade it for now, we can always like probably like throw in Metcalf or lock it or something later. Well, do you want to just lock in Metcalf and see if we need to go down sure. to like Evans? Sure. Like because we can always go down to Evans. I'm good. I'm good with that. So if we've been kind of jamming in these cheap running backs, do we want to try and figure out a way to like kind of get up to uh, a Najee, a CMC, a JT, one of those guys? I know you love yeah, Dalvin. We-, we can do Dalvin too. I mean, but let's we put Dalvin on the first two videos, so uh, we could try to do something different. We put Dearness on the first two. Spoilers, so Reeves. Least... People might be watching oh. this one after they've or before they've watched the other. I'm ones. bad at this. Yes, I'm we do like this. Dalvin Cook. There's really there's no there's no spoilers. So, um, I'm bad at this. I ruined ruin it for the brand. Um, no, and we've got our three receivers because one yeah. mini we didn't talk about through any of the teams is I really like Marvin Jones this week too. Uh, really? With if you're running JT backs, yeah. I mean the Colts have been just absolutely hammered by lead wide receivers uh so i mean i do we like do that. no jones one's telling us we have to play three running backs we could do that let's try that mini because that marvin jones opens up a lot for us so we got marvin jones and jt mini four so we need we need cheap guys the rest of the way so yeah i mean the, the 9400 running that back hurts. you know what's funny is it feels bad this 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 we haven't had to do it yet this I know. season i know because so we now, haven't even had to now we're about. We're 10 weeks into the season and like, how do we build lineups? That I'm used to running? just like, all right, cool. I got tons of money. I can play Justin Jefferson. I can play Terry McLaurin. I can play all of these guys. I get Tyreek Hill, get him in there because I guess I have all these like mid-range running backs that make sense. And now we have a bunch of guys that are AK and above that we like. It's tough. Yeah. What's funny was we used to build running backs like that for years on FanDuel though. That's Jamming true. in 10K McCaffrey and 10K Todd Gurley. That's true. <laughs> you know, That's just, true. Just, just smash them in. We do, do need a cheaper can. defense, which has not been fun for us today. We'll plug the Titans in on this one. Okay. And we'll try not to go down this time. Okay. Do I think we maybe we consider moving to lock it because we're, we're getting really tight on salary here. I guess we still have tight end left though, which isn't the worst thing. Do we want to go Fryermuth or whatever uh, on tight uh, end? He's one of the cheaper ones. I guess we're going to have to try Fryermuth, right? The rest of this team's not, not going to be very chalky, so I think it's fine. 
So we got 5,100 for Armors, 5,700 at running back uh, if we stay on Metcalf. So it forces us to play Dearness if we it stay. It forces us to, sh- to play one of those guys. I guess if we didn't want to go to Dearness, like we could just play a Singletary team, I guess. Or we could just play one of the Denver guys. Like, I, I don't know. There's like, I guess there's a couple outs. There's just not a lot of them that I really like. Let's see. Yeah. It's it's rough, dude. It is it is really rough down there. I, you never know. We might get a, a Bolden if we if we, if none of these uh, guys from New England uh, pass concussion protocol. I don't. I think we got to come off of Jonathan Taylor. So we're we keeping we're we keeping Marvin Jones then. Or are we going with a different? Move? I would say no. I would say no. Right. Okay. Unless we can go up from from for Valdez scaling, but then well, we can always move DK to lock to lock it too. Let's do that yeah. first because I do like the G, the JT uh, mini stack. That only gives us one an extra nine hundred. Uh. Yeah, it does, but that, that that actually probably helps us get to at least another tier, I would think. So Marvin Jones, it, it doesn't actually. <laughs> That's not right. It, Let's see, because it it doesn't get us to Connor, and it doesn't, and then it's just, and it's then you'd have to go You're back right. down to Singletary. Yeah, we're basically yeah, it, it does nothing for us. So I, I think that we take the easy way out here, Reeves, since this video needs to end. Is I'm that sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. My fault. Uh, maybe we go with just a cheaper. Um, the the one that I've kind of been defaulting to, Reeves, is the Chargers against Minnesota. Because if this team doesn't have Dalvin and it ends up being a little bit more of a pass heavy side on Cousins, that at least we're gonna get some pass attempts for the Chargers. I don't think it's like the best spot by any means, but they're like almost min price. So that gets us to seventy four hundred at running back, and it's basically the James Conner. Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift tiers, or one of those guys that you prefer? I mean, it's hard not to like Connor, uh, you know, because the thing about Connor is we've already seen him be an elite running back. Mm-hmm. You know, like he basically was arguably the, the best running back in 2018. I know that's going back to 2018, but like we've seen him as a dual threat guy. It's not like he's he was stuck in a role as an early down grinder guy, but like we've seen him catch passes before in the NFL. Like we've sure. seen him be a pass catcher. So what if this next stretch, like what if Connor ends up being like 8K next week? You know, it, it varies in the range of outcomes, right? For him yep. to be like where James Robinson was earlier in the year, right? Well, like, we're going to want to lock him in at 7K while we still can then, Reeves. Uh, I do have to get you out of here, Reeves. I love you. I could talk to you about football for hours. That's all for now, but definitely keep an eye out for the podcast dropping later today with Jake Seeley and TJ Hernandez. And thanks to our presenting sponsor, FanDuel, once again for bringing us one of the best contests in all of DFS, FanDuel.com slash Holka, the Listener League, Rake Free, all that good stuff. I will see you guys in there. And of course, thanks again to Matt Harmon, Rich Rebar, my guest today. And one last reminder, guys, if you could just take a few seconds out of your day and leave me a rating interview on Apple Podcasts. Truly makes a huge difference on pushing this show forward up the charts. And until next time. <laughs>